We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I encourage them not to take anything a politician says or a candidate says at face value. If we hope to survive in this digital age, we have to think critically about the messages we consume. Someone created those messages for a reason. Let's find out why. Sometimes we just have to ask, what the media? I'm Megan Lynch, reporter, on-air host, and virtual consumer editor at KMOX Radio with author and media literacy expert Julie Smith. In this episode, we're at a point where a lot of newspapers just don't have the person power to to pursue these questions. As we approach the midterms, we talk about the future role of journalists in a democracy. Jason Pisha is director of the public affairs reporting program at the University of Illinois Springfield. Candidates are out there making claims about what they're able to do and what their opponents are doing. You know, it's our job as media to, to check out these claims uh, with independent sources and independent experts and try to figure out if they're right or not. Uh, that's become increasingly more difficult uh, the past several years. As you know, as you know, the number of local news reporters and, you know, just the number of reporters in general uh, has dwindled due to, you know, financial cuts at media organizations all over the country. We're at a point where a lot of newspapers just don't have the person power to to pursue these questions. So, you know, as a result, uh, you know, we've come to a situation to where candidates can make wild claims and they have the wherewithal to, to use social media um, and in some cases their own, you know, printing operations to flood the zone with, uh, you know, their questionable information that we're not able to, you know, the press is, is unable to overcome that. You know, when you get to the situation where it's misinformation, disinformation, there's just a lot of confusion about what is correct. One of the things we've talked about on this podcast before is the eroding public trust in the legacy media and how we can restore that trust. You know, you mentioned the staffing and the other challenges that we're facing. Is there a way that we can earn back the trust of people who might view and use our services? That's a difficult question. I mean, we live in such a politically polarized environment right now to where, you know, there's some people who will just close their eyes and close their ears and just refuse to believe anything that doesn't conform with their worldview. And it's hard for for me to think of ways for, for us to overcome that other than Let's just keep going out there and doing good work and coming at our work from an honest and trustworthy standpoint to where, you know, our goal is to 
be fair and accurate in everything we do. I think that's going to help. I think the media oftentimes gets a bad rap because, you know, sometimes there is bias within news organizations. Um, It might not be as widespread and and well-known and obvious as like a Fox News channel, for example. But, you know, we all go into this as human beings with certain biases. If we are able to recognize those and make an honest effort to adjust our reporting so that we are maybe even overcompensating to, to, to sort of go against our own biases so, you know, we can get the other side of the story. I think that'll help as well. And then, you know, I think we just, you know, have to just keep trying to be as accurate and trustworthy as we can be. And, you know, I think also listen to the other side. I think we get to a point to where, and our crazy things said on both sides of the aisle lately, it's, I think a lot of Republicans are, you know, on the far right or, or we in the media will immediately dismiss what they say because it's, you know, not based in fact or very biased one way or the other. I think it's up to us just to listen. Why do people on that side believe this? You know, what are the what are the the environments around them that are causing them to to believe these things? Um, and let's understand that. We don't have to accept or you know give in to the fact that the stuff that we've already known to be false somehow is true now. But if we can understand the other side of the argument, you know, why they're thinking this way and why the people around them think this way and why people uh, go this way. I, I think it can go a long way on the media side to helping to understand these, uh, you know, this side as people, you know, I think we kind of see them as enemies of fact. And in some cases they are, but uh, let's understand why they're doing it. And I think we come to a, a, you know, some sort of an understanding and sort of understanding each other as human beings. Jason, you're bringing up such great tools for people who are in the journalism business and the news business. For those people who live down the street who post things online, they do not have that level of professionalism, the skill level, the experience that you have. So the platforms are saying that this for the election, they're going to label posts that they think are uh, inaccurate or false. I want to ask you, do you think that's effective? Do you think the platforms are doing enough to counter myths and disinformation, especially when in the in the 2020 election, those tweets that were marked as false by then President Donald Trump actually traveled much farther than the ones who were not labeled? Yeah, I credit the social media companies for at least making an attempt. You know, there's a fine line there between, you know, violating someone's rights to say what they want to say while allowing a a platform to spin up a falsehood uh, and get it shared thousands or even millions of times before, uh, you know, anything's done with it. So I do think, you know, there's some effort being made. There can definitely be more. I, you know, I think social media companies should, and they've been doing it, you know, they've been banning accounts that are uh, habitual about this. But, you know, I read a story, I think it was on the Washington Post the other day, or maybe it was the New York Times, but about how sort of the big purveyors of misinformation uh, have been brought under control to some extent, the ones, you know, that would get millions of, of views. But now it's sort of become a cottage industry. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of small players, hundreds, if not thousands of small players in the game. Internationally. Uh, yeah, going out there and per- purveying, uh, you know, sending around this misinformation. So it's harder to not never ending game of whack-a-mole to try to knock out all of these little sources, but, you know, they keep popping up each day. But I think social media has to stay on top of it. I think you as a social media user can help 
by reporting things that are truly wrong or things that you know to be wrong. There are people that look at those reports and there's enough of us out there that can flag a certain piece of information that we see. I think, you know, it'll go a long way to to help controlling some of this. When you are training this new generation of journalists, you know, especially when we're talking about election information, what are you telling them right now about how to cover the midterm elections? Yeah, it's in a lot of ways it hasn't changed. We're 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 out there to gather as many facts as we can. We hear a lot about the the uselessness of, you know, both sideism these days because one side or the other is wallowing in things that are demonstrably false. So in that case, we're not giving the falsities equal time in a story. But, you know, we are, I, I encourage them not to take anything a politician says or a candidate says at face value. We have to understand that, you know, we are outnumbered in terms of PR people working for candidates versus us. And we'll always be outnumbered. I urge my students, seek out, listen to what they have to say but then put some critical thinking skills behind it. I think, you know, it's so easy as a journalist and, and, you know, you know this, you're busy and a news release comes in from a politician and you want to get that news out and you just don't have time to maybe vet all the information as much as you need to. So you just do a rewrite and add a little information and you're done with it. But, you know, are you contributing to the issue by not taking that critical eye? And again, it's difficult. We are outnumbered. Uh, Our ranks are less than they used to be. We have to pick and choose what we're going to cover on a given day. I tell my students, just do your best and find the issue that's going to make the biggest effect to the public on that day and sort of dig into that and do your best to, you know, counter all of those claims with, uh, with solid information. Also tell them, get used to learning that, you know, even despite your best efforts, there are going to be people who will just reject what you have to say, won't, won't listen to it because it doesn't, you know, line up with what they believe or their own worldview. And I tell them not to not to get discouraged. Hopefully, as I've mentioned here today, I know our social media users will start elevating that sort of information and de-emphasizing the untrustworthy information that's out there. Um, and we might get to a place to where facts can rule the day again. I spend a lot of time talking to K-12 teachers. And I've had librarians tell me that facts is now a trigger trigger word. Yeah. And I wondered what you view as the future of democracy when we can't even agree on what is true. Yeah, it's definitely concerning. I mean, you know, I think a lot of this started with uh, the Kellyanne Conway comment from so long ago about alternative facts. And um, yeah, and I can see how the word facts can be triggering for, for some people. The press is there to to be a check on democracy, to uphold democracy by giving people the facts so they can make educated decisions about who they should vote for, what they should spend their money on, where they should live, where they send their kids to school. You know, all these major decisions that we all make in our lives have to be based on things that are true. Um, And yeah, I I worry a lot for, for the future of democracy, but Again, I, there's, you know, in Illinois, there's a you know, new law that, you know, fairly new law that requires, you know, media literacy education now in the younger grades, which is great. So I think, you know, a lot of, you know, our older relatives and, and people our age who, are, who have already maybe been infected by you know, whatever political bent that they're, that they're following and, and can't change their worldview, 
Um, I'm hoping that the younger generations that are coming up uh, will have this education. We'll be able to, you know, take a more critical look at, at what they're reading and what they're listening to and what's true and what's not. I'm hoping the future, <laughs> the children are our future. So uh, I'm hoping that works out. That's Jason Pisha, director of the Public Affairs Reporting Program at the University of Illinois Springfield. With Julie Smith, I'm Megan Lynch. Our executive producer is Beth Coglin. We invite you to visit KMOX.com for more on our Media Literacy Project. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 